Angela, good afternoon. So can you just uh, briefly uh, remind us exactly, you know, where the story has come from, where it's at today, and also what took place in the arguments that were presented? Yes, Sakina, you remember 2016, um, Penny Sparrow crossed quite a stir on social media with her racist remarks. Um, this is what really sparked this case that we are, we are listening to here at the Equality Court. What happened then, then, there was a, a lot of discussions around what Penny Sparrow has said, and Mr. Kumalo says now, um, he was very angry not only with what uh, Ms. Sparrow had said, but with also the people that were supporting her. So in, um, in a Facebook post, um, which was in response to what people, uh, the, the, you know, Penny, support, uh, Penny Sparrow's supporters were saying, he read, went on this rant and said, no, now he's convinced that white people are... He's going to unfay, uh, unfollow um, all, of, of, all of his uh, white friends, and he's just convinced that, you know, the country needs to cleanse itself of white people the way, you know, it happened with the Jews, uh, with, with Hitler and the Jews. And, and this is why we are here today. It's, um, two and a half years later, Sakina, um, we are at the Equality Court. A lot of things have happened um, since then. The ANC did take him to court because he's a member of the ANC, um, and there was a, an out-of-court settlement that was reached with the ANC where he paid 30,000 rand and was given a final written warning. Um, but uh, this is the next step where we are. So I see the Legal Resources Centre, they're supporting Velapi Kumalo in this case, and they are saying uh, what he posted was not hate speech. So what sort of arguments have they advanced uh, to actually um, make this assertion stronger? Yes, Sakina, indeed, Mr. Kumalo had admitted at first that this was hate speech, but has since changed his mind. He says this is because only now did he get legal representation and, you know, um, uh, understood what um, legal description of hate speech is. And he believes that um, having now uh, known that he believes this is not hate speech. Now, the legal resources center is saying that um, there has to be forums where uh, people are able to to express views that might not um, be popular, that might be offensive. And this is the difference between what happened with Mr. Kumar and what happened with Penny Sparrow. Penny Sparrow just put up a post out of nowhere. But Mr. Kumar was uh, engaging in a debate around race in South Africa. And, you know, there has to be space afforded um, to people, especially people who have been oppressed, to be able... Um, to uh, uh, express their frustrations around race. So that is what they are saying. So also um, the definition of hate speech has uh, uh, come under the spotlight quite a bit here, saying that it has to, uh, uh, the focus has been that it has to uh, 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 sort of spark uh, uh, a genocide, has, has, uh, uh, an ability to spark genocide. So um, the, the argument was that Mr. Kumala does not have enough um, following and does not have enough influence to get um, to, for his words to be that effective.
Angela, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for that update. We also understand uh, that uh, Mr. Velapi Kumalo has reached an out-of-court settlement uh, with uh, the African National Congress uh, where he was sanctioned to pay 30,000 rand, amongst other things. Uh, But uh, joining us now um, is uh, the Associate Professor of the uh, Saatchi Chair in African Diplomacy and Foreign Policy at the University of Johannesburg, and uh, that is Mr. Mzugisi Kobo. Thanks so much for speaking to us this afternoon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So this is a very interesting case, especially uh, against the backdrop of other cases that we've heard uh, where in the main it was white people who were in the dock. So just give us your first um, musings around this particular matter of Velapi Kumano. Well, the, my observation of this particular matter is, is that uh, this individual uh, chose to use um, social media to, to, to rant against, against white, uh, white people. Uh, he, by the sound of it, um, he was expressing his frustration and also um, making uh, his views, what, what, what he thinks uh, about white people uh, on using a public platform. Now there are certain uh, there's a certain decorum and and a certain a certain normative uh, understanding of how we engage uh, on issues of of race uh, vis-à-vis um, the uh, our right to to free expression. Free speech has has limitations, and and what is hate speech? Um, it is the court that can can determine. Um, and in this case, uh, the courts are found against him to uh, have been propounding hate speech. And, and that has got to be respected uh, on, on the one hand, but also to um, realize uh, that uh, the race is, is a very potent uh, issue in South Africa today, and um, we, we shouldn't uh, allow uh, individuals, black, black or white, to aggravate uh, uh, racial tensions in, in the name of, of free speech. Well, some would say we seem to be very clear as South Africans um, when the perpetrators are white people in this country that it is racism. But when it comes to black people, we seem to uh, pussyfoot around the issue. So why isn't this uh, this particular instance, why can't this be deemed racist? Well, it's um, for the reason that uh, uh, the race issues are linked to questions of power. Uh, so uh, people who have uh, relative power politically, culturally, and socially in society today are, are white people, and, and there's a history of uh, white um, perpetrated uh, racial violence in, in South Africa. So there is the objective reality of history, what, what happened in the past and, and how black people didn't invent racism. Uh, racism is a product of uh, the colonial era and, and deponed by, uh, by, by apartheid. Now, that is not to say that uh, black people um, are not capable of, of, of being racist or are not capable of propounding hate speech. And as I was saying, in the case of, of this individual, this is clearly hate speech, and, and the court has, has found as, as such, and that's got to be respected. Uh, do you believe that if we have, were better at regulating our social media platforms, we would, in, an, uh, in a sense, be able to better deal with the outbursts and um, uh, uttering such as this? 
I think regulating social media is one thing, and, and there are attempts all the time to regulate social media. It will not necessarily help to to deal with the problem of race and, and racism in, in South Africa. I think what we do need to do is to create uh, spaces that are safe and productive for us to converse as a, as a society, as a nation, on our racial past, on the meaning of the present, and on what South Africa looks like in, in the future when it comes to race relations. I don't think we want to suppress uh, discourses on, on race, but we, we do want to moderate how um, we, uh, we engage in, in those discussions. I don't think anything should go, because we've got to think about it both sides. Uh, if a white person says the kind of utterances that Velapi said would be up, up in arms. So we, we should sanction um, those kinds of utterances, but we, we should also keep in mind the context of how racism evolved in, in South Africa and who has power uh, today, cultural and, and social power. So uh, just a final one. Uh, many would say when it comes to uh, nation building, we have been regressing as a nation, really. Uh, what do we need to do as a nation, as a country, to get ourselves back on the right path? We've been regressing because um, the, the dream of the rainbow nation proved to be false. It, it, it has failed. Um, non-racialism has failed. Uh, it, it exists among a small group of people who are associated, who are emotionally invested in the notion of non-racialism. But concretely, um, as, a, as, a, as a mechanism to address the structural uh, race-based uh, inequalities in society, the ideal has, has not stood the test of time. Uh, there's also been a failure by the black government because it has failed to use the power in its possession to uh, improve the conditions of black people in South Africa. Even today, I mean, the, the race-based inequalities are visible. You have Constantia, you have Kylie Chai, you have Rimiza Moyeti, you have Stellenbosch. So we live in this parallels that we have normalized. So it's, it's government failure, but also it's the failure of white people in South Africa to acknowledge their privilege and, and, and to think proactively about what needs to be done to build a society that is shared by all.